WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be, and we want to make more podcasts for you. But we can't do it alone. If you enjoyed this episode of Bacon and Eggs, and you want more, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. And check out the new $10 tier, which grants you access not only to our bonus show, The Hash Browns, but now you'll also get unlimited episodes of unedited episodes. Dang it, I messed it up! Of bacon and eggs. You can hear all the behind the scenes moments that go into making an episode. We could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be. So thank you for donating and thank you even more for listening. And before I get to the actual intro, that new tier, it's not actually new, but it's new to you, and that's what matters. Howdy, eggs, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs! I'm Tyler Garland. And I'm Ethan Hill. And today we're speaking with aliens. Or maybe we're just talking in circles. So make first contact for your species. And learn to see into the future. Because today we're bringing you... Arrival. Arrival was directed by Denis Villeneuve. It was released on November 11th, 2016, 11 11 16, the famous date, uh, 1,348 days ago, on a 47, what? No way. $47 million budget. It made $203.4 million worldwide. I got a 94% critic rating and an 82% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 81 on Metacritic. But more important than all of that, we're joined by one year long podcaster, none other than the Lord of the Rings herself, Mary Claire Watt. Tis I. Technically not a year yet by the time this will come out. It'll be tomorrow. So I still have time to quit. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop making this joke. It's not funny. You're stressing oh, me out. Man. Hi, y'all. What up? The Lord of the Ring herself. Tis I. I would say the Lord of the Rings is a woman. That's like God is a woman, right? But Who the is the Lord? That's what I've... I'll, I'll stop Sauron. every now and then Sauron while I'm... Sauron is the Lord no, of the No, but ring. he doesn't have all of them, is the point. Is he doesn't have all of the rings. He doesn't... No, his ring rules them all. Did you read the poem? But it's Lord of the Rings, plural. Yes. And the he doesn't ring have it. He is not the, the Lord of rings. the Rings. Right, but it's a... Uh, he has this, most of them. Okay. The Lord of the Rings is the ring. Yeah, but no, that's not Sauron. The though. Lord of the Rings was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> That was the fellowship of the ring, Ethan. Oh, man. No, I'm not going to quit between now and Thursday, maybe. <laughs> Please. Oh, so this is oh, the same day. Side note, I want to, uh, I meant to bring this up in our, in my half of our crossover event, but um, <laughs> do you guys remember what day of the week that that's what I'm talking about premiered on? It was Monday. It was a Wednesday. Because we all forgot to look at a calendar. Oh, you're right. <laughs> and we, we were told like, Vaishan that it was premiering on like yeah, nobody, the 24th. So I, I just said the date and nobody questioned me. <laughs> we were all like, yeah, that's a Tuesday. And then like a couple, like maybe two weeks or a week before, I was like, um, that's a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> anyway. All of our marketing materials said otherwise. Oh, anyway. Yeah, we're here to cover not Lord of the Rings. No, we're here to cover the... the... We're here to cover Amy Adams' Lord of the Ring. Wait, crap. Wait, we're doing Arrival? Oh, I watched the wrong movie. I watched Spy Kids 2 Island of Lost Dreams. Oh, not again. So so did I. (laughs) Not again. (laughs) 
Okay. What is it Steve Buscemi says in that movie? Oh, he's got some great Yeah, it's qu- like it's like or did God it's something about like did God does God live up there because he too creates or he too lives in fear of the things he created? Yeah. <laughs> one of those like you'll never believe who said this. It's next to the like the the circumstances of one birth, one's birth should not determine their success in life or whatever that Mewtwo says in, in Mewtwo Strikes Back. Let's see. What's this? Oh, do you think God stays in heaven because he, too, lives in fear of what he's created? Here on Earth. <laughs> so it's a big it's a big quote for Steve Buscemi in, in Spy Kids, Kids 2, Island, Island of Lost Dreams. Dreams. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. Arrival. This movie stressed me Arrival. out. Arrival. The end. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I do just want to say that we are recording Bacon and Eggs for the first time on Zoom. Because come on when- in Zoom. Come on in Zoom. Come on in Zoom. We're starting soon. Did y'all watch Zoom? Sorry, is that I the Zoom? You. Did you not song? It's Zoom from where you you. I can tell right away you were not a PBS kid, were you? No, no we had cable. Not. Oh my god! Yeah, no, we had. I watched very I, little uh, Arthur, uh, but we had cable. No, Zoom is a television. It was originally a television show, like in the seventies. And it had a bunch of kids who would do like skits and like science experiments and games and stuff. And then they brought it back in like mid 90s to mid 2000s. Yeah, I was busy watching Rocket Power. And I also yeah. watched Rocket Power. Thank you very Screw much. Shoebies, no, but man. it was. A, it Wait, was you watched PBS Zoom. even though you had cable? Yes. Are you kidding me? The, the Between only people the I knew Lions, who watched the, Arthur, the only people I knew. The only people I knew who watched PBS were people Cyber who didn't have cable. Chase. Zoom. Yeah, these all sound like great value Reading brand Rainbow, TV shows. Mr. Rogers. Okay, I watched Mr. Rogers, but I didn't watch like PBS cartoons. You have, you have Fred Rogers to thank for PBS. Look, I he love PBS. I did not PBS. love PBS when I was six. It was not as cool as SpongeBob. I mean, Dude, I also SpongeBob watched SpongeBob. <laughs> Where. <laughs> Anyway, so we're recording on Zoom. Yeah, why? Because when I opened my computer today to to join this call, I opened Skype and I got a um I got a helpful pop up on my computer that said that Skype is not installed on this computer. Oh, I get oh. that every single time we do the show. That's new to you? Yeah, that's new to me. Because Skype is definitely installed on this computer. I got like when I clicked on the link to our Zoom meeting, it tried to re-download Zoom for me, even though I already have it on anyway, my computer. Anyway, so that was that was the last straw between me and Skype, and I bought Zoom. You don't ha- even so have I want to, to talk buy about it. Yeah, okay. you do. No, I it gives mind. you a fr- at forty minutes with a free profile because of Corona and everything and the pandemic. They made it so that at forty minutes, it automatically like rolls over into unlimited time. Oh well, I paid Zoom for a month for no reason. We'll see. Anyway, we're talking about Arrival. We're talking about one of Casey Winter's favorite movies, Arrival. Should we just uh, this, apologize this, in advance to Casey? This movie that Tyler wanted to cover because he likes Amy Adams after last week watching Talladega Nights and has apparently never seen another Amy Adams movie on oh purpose. My God. I'd never seen this either, Ethan, to be fair. I hadn't either. But I wanted to watch Arrival because it was on it was on my list of like okay, so the reason I wanted to watch Arrival, it was on my list of like sci-fi movies that I hadn't seen that like people talk about absolutely freaking loving. More so than Interstellar, even though I'm pretty sure it's the exact same movie. Uh it's not even close to being the same direct, movie. It's literally the exact same movie. There's it's literally not even close to being films. the same. <laughs> We'll talk about this in a second. I have a negative review for you, and then you're going to have to back up your blames you just made. Oh, my God. It is two directors reading the same script. It's That's literally it is. not. It oh, is yeah. It is somebody going, hey, first Close Encounters of the Third Kind was a good movie. Let's retell that with sadness. Yeah. It was super sad. I'll grant you that. Um, I got a negative anyway, review on, for you. 
from I also wanted to find a film that Ethan and I both hadn't seen that sort of felt fit into our like blockbuster sci-fi yeah this really busted some blocks Uh, and then I'm here and then Mary Clay's here so we were like, okay, let's pick something none of us <laughs> have seen. And last time she got mad because our film didn't have like any female characters. And now it so has one. It has a yeah. female lead. I don't think this passes the Bechdel test. No, no, not at all. It, I don't think there are two look, named female characters. I was going to say, yeah. It, no, there are. Technically, the child Hannah is one. Okay. And that's mm-hmm. it. Boom. They mostly talk about Jeremy Renner, though. Trust me. I definitely... It does not pass the Bechdel test. I laughed every time she walked into a room filled with men that, like, out of the sing, out of, like, an entire military operation, not a single woman is there. That just makes me right. laugh. I mean, that's why they needed her, though. Man. Like... That's the whole thing, is that this whole room full of men couldn't figure anything out. Nah, nah. Okay, so what's your negative review? I got a negative review from uh, Steven Silver of Entertainment Tell. I don't know what the heck that is. I thought you were going to say Entertainment 720, the fake... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fake that Tom Haverford... Entertainment 720 uh, (laughs) says... It's a sci-fi film that borrows nearly all of its biggest ideas from other movies, leading up to an ending that's touched, touching, but contrived. Yeah, cool. It's just, it's contact... Mixed with Close Encounters, wrapped into sadness. Wrapped into Amy Adams is sad for some reason that doesn't make sense. It does make sense. Mm, it doesn't, though. Because then you find... Look, uh, so, okay, here's 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 the main thing for me, is that global emergency movies be hitting differently these days. And Oh, that's so freaking true. I was just anxious and stressed the entire time like there's a clip where they zoom over to people watching the news and they're like the president has enacted a dawn till dusk curfew yeah i'm like no a little close to home definitely didn't experience that what it's like to uh counter pro like looters and all and i'm just like nope definitely not happening here what no like just just it all be hitting a little differently and i yeah, just don't I have the that. mental capacity for that this right is now. nothing like interstellar short of the fact that it is about like it is time vaguely and about space. Yeah, it has, space yeah it has like time and, time and space elements in it and that's it that's the okay that's all interstellar is Inter- interstellar is about <laughs> a space journey about going somewhere else to find intelligent life it's not about the space destination literally in this movie a bunch of aliens show up to a world that is perfectly fine doing just dandy on its own they're like hey let's wreck everything because we're gonna need you at some point yeah okay question i still having watched this movie i don't understand other than like awakening um what's her faces louise's like time traveling powers whatever you want to call it and other than like awakening that awareness in her what was the point of them coming to earth like what was accomplished with them coming to earth they they came to earth because she could speak their language because she specifically was at a place in time in her life where she could learn and speak their language which affects their species future yeah they needed the planet to be able they needed earth to be able to communicate with them down the road and they needed well, her specifically that. to translate it. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's a big it's a big premise and this movie suffers from some storytelling issues. It's okay. I don't want to say it's a perfect film. No, That's, I'm not. I, I, and, I'm, yeah. and, and granted, I'm not trying to say that this is a bad movie, but when you come to me with a movie about space and time travel, there's a pretty high bar. Like the bar's way up there with my 11 foot ceilings and this didn't make it over the bar. But it's still better than 
like a lot of movies, uh, it was better than Ad Astra, like quite a bit better than Ad Astra. And like Brad Pitt should feel bad, feel bad for being in that movie. But it is what no. About, uh, uh, what about the other movie that we always confuse this one with? Um, passengers. No one's confusing this with Passengers, except <laughs> that was me. Yeah, I, I have never confused this. This is this is uh, about as satisfying to me Look, as Passengers. I confused this movie. No, with this a lot is of way things. more satisfying than pa- Passengers. Passengers suffers from a great first and second act. This suffers from a great third act. And it really, boy, does it suffer under the weight of that third act, doesn't it? Okay, so let me tell you my story with this movie, going back a little ways. Um, this is one of those movies that I just like missed coming out in theaters because yeah. like by all accounts, I should have seen this. Oh, in theaters. I, have, I have zero memories of like this coming. Oh, no, out. I remember this coming out. It was one of those things where like I looked it up and it was already in Redbox, and I was like, dang, I missed it. Yep. So I went yep. to see it in Redbox, and this is one of the cir- cir- circumstances where the score for it got me the like I looked at the Rotten Tomato score and I was like, OK, this has got a really good Rotten Tomato score. But then I went and looked at the actual reviews and a lot of people were like, Man, this is really good, but it's extremely slow. Yeah. Like, it takes so long to go anywhere. And I was yeah. like, that is not the movie I want to watch tonight. And I've just held that against it till today. I've been like, man, this is never the movie. Because I never want to watch. I never want to go into a movie knowing it's going to be slow. You know what I mean? I do know exactly like, what you mean. I love Call Me By Your Name. But if you tell me to watch Call Me By Your Name again, it's going to be a tough sell because it does take a long time to get moving. Call Me By Your Name is two and a half hours of tense. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. I don't have a problem with attention in this movie. I have a problem with... So we're presented with Louise Banks. Yeah. Banks, yeah. Um, And she is one of these... Because we're presented... The first thing we're presented her with is a, a, like, up first five minutes of her daughter dying, right? Yeah, like... When the baby, literally, when they showed the baby on the screen, I was like, oh, is it like, I thought she was holding a dead baby at first. And I was like, oh, the child, obviously the kid's going to die. And then 30 seconds later, the kid dies. And I was like, oh, I didn't mean like immediately, but okay, I yeah, guess we're, we're doing like that. Later, it's like Augustus the, Waters it's the space between us, but the opposite, which is that is also a really bad space movie. Um, in case you're curious, the one about the kid who grows up on Mars and like falls in love with a girl that's oh, on Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible literally not worth your time really yeah worst use of gary oldman ever he's in a lot of stuff he's a he's one of those Um, people that's just like i'm just gonna be in a movie now yeah that was one of those where i was like you know it's on netflix i'm gonna watch it and like i 45 minutes in i was like this is unwatchable i'm finished it but it was not good um anyway so we're presented with louise who is one of these like well she's obviously never smiled to since the day her daughter died kind of people you know that's that's her story that's the protagonist we're working with here and that is not an enjoyable way for me to go into this like global emergency first contact scenario where everything is told to me through the eyes of this person who is just miserable to be existing right right but then we find out that they put us through that for no reason because the thing that happened to her that makes her sad happens to her in her future yeah we why is she sad about it she doesn't happen to her yet she's just sitting there in her college like nobody listens to me i'm just really miserable i really hate Ethan, do you not get it yeah i 100 get it okay like she has this memory of something that happens in the future yeah but she starts having it after they awaken her from it no i think that when they awaken her from it it like affects her entire life that was not clear that was my understanding that that's was why, not clear that's at all. why i feel like it was so powerful 
Oh, see, I didn't say that at all. I felt like she had no reason the whole time. As soon as they they announced that thing, which it was, I I started getting threads of that before, like when when Jeremy Renner was like, "You were married." Yeah, that's what that's when I, the whole thing clicked for me is when Jeremy Renner said you were married. I was like, okay. That was when I started to buy out of it. Because, I um, yeah, I guess I just didn't get the. As soon as she started that, like, asking, it, like, "Who is this child? Who is this little girl?" I was like, "Are you?" That's when I like wanted to yeah. throw. And that's what I'm saying. Is like we it was she was just so miserable before that. Like but that's just. It is possible, get this, it is possible to be sad for no reason. I mean, yeah, but that does not a good movie make. (laughs) I don't think there's an underlying tone of like, let's talk about chemically imbalanced depression. Right, yeah. Also, I didn't really get the impression that like, oh, she's sad and depressed because, I mean, at the beginning, we think she's sad and depressed because her child has died. And obviously that hasn't happened yet. We don't know that yet. Whatever. I didn't get the impression that, like, I don't know, like, I, I got this impression that, like, oh, she's kind of a quiet, reserved person who's not as happy about her life because she shows up to class and there's seven people in an empty lecture hall at, you know, at a, for a night class. Like, that's not exactly leading your best, you know, your best existence well, or there's, whatever. There's seven people there because the Earth yeah, just witnessed yeah, first yeah, contact whatever. with aliens. Whatever. Uh, no, my, so my, as soon as Forrest Whitaker walks into her, her office and he's like, you still have two years left on your security clearance i that tells me everything i need to know about like something happened like capital h happened there was an incident now she's she's gone into teaching gone into teaching like basic linguistics after being the number one person in the world for u.s military intelligence as far as languages go doing like field translation for for military operations and now she's teaching at some unnamed institution that isn't berkeley yeah not berkeley oh right yeah and she's got two years left on security clearance so like there's there's all kinds of like she is this obviously and 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 you know a lot of it could have been due to that fact but we never saw any of that this we get this just miserable depressed person who i still think it was she's dreaming in heptapod no i mean i'm I'm with that yeah i get that now but like that i don't i don't feel like that was clear that it affected her previous memories that she was like remembering ahead of time so the problem with like anything related to time travel or whatever is Is that it's not real so for example no it's very real oh okay Yeah, yeah no i don't know um is that like it creates a bunch of obviously paradoxes and problems and the main one for me is that like she oh my god she learns their language because she remem- she like in her mind travels to the future and remembers looking through her book that she wrote of her writing about how she learned their language and she learned their language because she went forward in time to get this memory of her opening her book to read about right. how she and like it just does yeah, so, so it's, like it's Bill and Ted dropping the, that's the the trash can on Ted's dad and it's and it's presented in this like oh well she did all this work and then the aliens just like unlock something in her I I really liked the 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 premise and execution. I thought it worked out really, really well. I liked the premise. I don't, I did not like the execution. I did not think they nailed this one. To me, this is the same as Matthew McConaughey talking to his daughter through the bookcase. It is like infinitely less good though. I I mean, that's, I guess if that's how you feel about it to me, when, when McConaughey does that, it's like, I mean, I have the same frustration with this as I do with that as of like, this is the same thing Mary Clay's talking about right now. If like, okay, but that's not it all like, it all just made that make sense. Look, I hear what you're saying. I just think you came in, you came, you get a 10 for premise on this one, right? Like 10 out of 10, you nailed it. Like you have this idea 
that is like sort of different from the other ways we've handled these first contact scenarios. Definitely like it goes beyond communication into this idea of like unlocking something with human thought. I was they just expecting in, uh, something. Hold on, hold on. What was the other one? Was it Close Encounters or was it? Yes. What's the one where they do Soul Fudge? It's Close Encounters. Okay. Sorry. I just, that was an exciting thing. Yeah. That, that is a better, a better execution of the premise of, than this of, is. Of translating their language? Yes. Of, of okay. learning to communicate with the alien, the, the encounter. But I like the the personal twist with I, I agree with you i don't think amy adams and jeremy renner have any chemistry on screen so them ending up together to me was like okay so so, so that's my thing here imagine that me getting mad about the one female character being shoved into a romantic relationship for i'm no with reason. you though 100, i'm 100 when at I'm 100% any point you. in the movie before she unlocked the memories or whatever that have yet to happen when at any point did they make some kind of romantic connection they, between they jeremy renner and amy adams okay. there was zero like so beyond the, them being lab partners there was made, zero hinting that like oh they could have some, you know, as soon as he showed up, because I understand how they, how Hollywood works for female characters, I knew that they were going to shove her into a romantic relationship for no reason. And that's exactly what happened. The end. So this is the thing that gets me about this movie. This is truly the the burr in my heel that gets me about this movie and that bother me is that like I, they set it up on his end, right? Every time she does something cool, they pan to his face being like, Damn, she real smart. This is she's really cool. Like she's the coolest person I've ever met. And she's just like aliens. Yeah. And then she goes forward and sees that she ends up with him somehow and sees that they have a daughter together and that she needs this this communication with her daughter to figure out the thing. So that's why she pushes the relationship forward. That's why they end up breaking breaking up because she tells him in the future. Yeah, she tells him that she's going to that the daughter's going to die, right? Yeah, she tells him that the daughter's going to die that they they she volunteered to have a kid even though she knew the daughter was going to die. That's yeah. why he leaves her. So when she said that thing about like, "Oh, well, I know why my husband left me." It's because you lied to him about knowing, like you knew yeah. his daughter was going to die, and you let him have a daughter it's not anyway even that. without it's telling that, him. Like- you knew about your entire life and future and relationship with this person and you didn't tell them about it. Like, right. It's like for the for the first time in human history, the woman gets to gaslight back. Like, Remember how I told you all about how I had a dream where I gaslighted myself? <laughs> <laughs> you did do that. Isn't that just called doubt? Yeah, it's called, it's called anxiety oh, and doubt. Which, okay, literally this, this movie was like, I was just... Like, if you had taken my blood pressure for, like, at any point in this movie, it would have been through the roof, particularly in the first half, because it was so quiet, and I hated it. There was, like, zero, like, music okay, or understanding. Like, I no, was just I, like... I, but I see where they're coming from. This is such a space movie power move. What is the movie I watched? There was, no, there was like, no... It's so quiet. The other it's thing so is, quiet. I was 10 minutes into it, and I was bored. So. But it's it's not though. Like I I kept having to ride the volume on this this movie like it was the mid 2000s Oh no, yeah. The part where the parts where like it got loud or whatever, I would okay. like so fumble with the remote. People or whatever, love to but... give Hans Zimmer crap for the Inception soundtrack, right? The, the Inception score. Oh. That's just a bunch of like loud horns. If that is a reason to drag Hans Zimmer, the person who did the score for this movie should be taken out back and and executed by a firing squad. I'm not squad. talking about like the alien sounds or whatever. Like, yes, there is music later on, but like and in the first like, I don't know, 25 minutes and until the aliens show up, it is 
so quiet because she's also like she's not really talking she's not like there's not a lot of conversation happening it's just a very quiet movie and you're wondering why this move why this you know you're like oh why did we see this you know two minute clip about this child dying and oh now she's walking into school to teach this class okay everyone's crowded around the tv oh side note when the students tell her to turn on the tv she stands no she stands directly Directly in front front of of the tv (laughs) like literally it's not like oh it's a screen that's kind of up in the air and they're all looking up at it she literally stands in the middle of the tv so Anyway, this is a perfectly serviceable movie that has some questionable uh, ethos about interpersonal relationships down the line. Again, like, I I do not have major problems with this movie. I am grading this movie against things like Interstellar, and that is why I'm being harsh on it, because, like, this was a this is one of those movies that people were like, you would love this movie so much. It's going to be, like, your new favorite movie, and it just wasn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that critique. I also have a professional review from Amy Nicholson at MTV who says, learning heptopodies seems easy easy compared to the tough talks Americans need to have with each other, which I feel like on November 11th, 2016 was super topical right after the election. But hey, it's also super topical right now. Also, does topical mean apply to the skin or like on topic? Both. I'm ignoring your okay. question. See, that's the that's the other reason why I like wasn't into this movie is I was like, I swear to God, if like the moral of the story is about the world coming together to work as one humanity, I'm going to throw my TV out the window because I do not care about that right now. We have proven like time and time again right now that no one gives a crap about humanity and welcome to hell. Anyway... <laughs> So if you've if you haven't read the follow up to Ready Player One, the the novel Armada by Ernest Klein. Oh, it's I thought you meant com- Ready Player Two. I was like, that no, hasn't no, come no. out. I was like, Ethan's a t- he's one he's one of them. Yeah, I I see not. I oh my see god. Time, I see time non linearly. I, I get. I to, feel like if I could speak up to Pod, I would re- read Ready Player Two right oh, now. Definitely, That's, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That would be oh, my first. Do you first know what act. I would do? I would discover a vaccine. <laughs> Okay. It wouldn't, wouldn't change anything. People don't believe in vaccines. I it's know. fine. Yeah, I'm the one who tweeted that, but okay. I, yeah, I mean, you're not the one that came up with that idea. <laughs> I know, but, no, I know. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so if you haven't read Armada by Ernest Klein, it is like, it's a, it's not a great book, but it does make an interesting postulation of like, so in this book, uh, aliens like made contact with earth back in like the mid sixties. And like every sci-fi movie after that has been like a government cover up That's trying to like ready the world for the day when they actually need to know that aliens are invading. And so their immediate reaction is to be like, well, I'm going to do everything I saw in the movies and like, you know, just band together, uh, in in defense of earth against the aliens and it just like calls out all of these movies like star wars and independence day and close encounters and this not doesn't actually call this one out but like this is the same principle of like these movies are made by the government as like alien invasion training films and it's just a really interesting concept because this that's that's the premise of every alien movie is like we need to band together as a species sure i don't know oh the other thing that made me anxious obviously this movie was made in 2016 before coronavirus um how they made china the villain and like the chinese president 
was the one that we were like actively He's going against. The bad guy. It just made me uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, this is like incredibly racist. And, blah. and then I was like, oh, they're not doing this in response to coronavirus and its origins and everything. This was no. made in 2016. And they probably just picked a random world power to make the, the Well, enemy. no, they're doing it in response to the fact that China is like a, like a cl- closed off communist police state. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So, so I, like, yeah, there's part of... Uh, and absolutely remarkable things ripped straight from this where like oh, China yeah, gets was... several China gets several Carls and they're mean to him. Yeah, like it Because that's how China the would be. This has... would be mean to Carl. No, we wouldn't. You don't think? I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't like I don't know what else to say about this movie other than it made me anxious. I was It did just not like, make me anxious. Yeah, but... I was just no, yeah, very I anxious. anxious. I didn't like the noises. I didn't like how they looked. I didn't like how oh I hated with every fiber of my being the like um hyper realistic CGI part where like she walks in and she like in the third act when she goes to talk to one of them like in person and it get like it looks like it's in the last of us and I'm like I'm not here for that. There was there was one moment where I audibly laughed out loud at the CG. No, no, just at like the at the weird like comedic time comedic timing of it where he was like he talks to her and he's like do you have dreams in their languages or in their language or whatever in in heptapod and she is like well yeah i don't think that it makes me unfit for my job or whatever and it immediately cuts to a scene of her like waking up and there's a heptapod in the room no that was her dream i thought that she was dreaming about that conversation was she dreaming about that conversation i thought that whole thing was a dream oh I, yeah, I would have thought so, too. Oh, I didn't catch that. I just got this, like, literally this, like, it doesn't make me unfit to do my job, heptapod. So I laughed out loud at that because I thought it was just a weird bit of, of also, comedic editing. Oh, what did I press? Heptapod is such a boring name. Heptapod is such a boring name. I mean, what do you want to call him, Carl? Yeah. Evan Costello was great names. Great Abbott names. Costello's also, great names. I, I will say there was a part of me that was a little bitter that I've been waiting two weeks for a beautifully foolish endeavor to arrive. And when it finally arrived, I instead had to watch Arrival. <laughs> you should have been listening to the Beautifully Foolish Endeavor audiobook for two weeks. I was like, weeks. this is... Uh, I ch- I was like, I'm not gonna. they listen to anyway. For that, I'm not gonna pay for that. Um, and it's not available on my like library audiobook they're, app. They're meant to be so. listened to. Okay, well, I had a. Fi- the point is, is that I paid for a physical copy. The physical copy was on its way at do some you, point. And do I you was still like, intend to read it with your eyes on paper? Yes, I was That's reading so it. Wild. Just I have I was, two copies that I'll probably never open. Oh my god. You sicken me. Why? Because I like audiobooks? I don't know. You're also talking to someone who has to read a f- read a book for a podcast. So, like, now I guess it's just a part of my routine. I don't know what to tell you. I, I just would have how turned- often? Well, hold on. Quick question. Quick question. How often do you read every page of the chapter for Tolkien about? Like, with your eyeballs? Every time. Really? That's how books work, dog. Well, that's how it works when I'm hosting a podcast that has to do an in-depth discussion about it. Can I guess you imagine? You need, like highlight stuff, right? What kind of question is how can often you do you imagine? read every page of the book you're reading? Can you imagine no, if I, mean, I like, showed with your up? Eyeballs instead of okay, this is the equivalent though of me asking you, like, well, how many minute do you? Oh, how many oh, minutes? He's of asking, each movie do you, do you never watch? listen to it? I mean, gotcha. I do, but I also like I have to read it because I can't. 
I like the audiobook, I I'm just like, yeah, cool, that happened, I guess. I I don't really like take it in and now remember I get so it. So much. much more out of audiobooks. Um the other thing is that with Lord of the Rings and the one that I listened to, it sometimes the like voice actors or whatever go for a thick accent and I can't always understand what they say. Dragon. <laughs> Stuff like that. That's my <laughs> Looks like talk. meat speck on the menu, boys. Have you seen there's like a twenty minute YouTube video about that comment of like, how on earth do the orcs know? No, what, what a, a menu how do the is? Orcs, I know what a menu is. <laughs> Wait, is this actually in a in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, one of the Urukai, like... Uh, oh, my God. It's in it's in Two Towers, so you've read it, but it's when Merry and Pippin are, like, escaping. No, yeah, no, I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. How do yeah, they know the, what a menu is? And one of the Urukai is like, looks like meat speck on the menu, boys. <laughs> Which is, like, like, the that, most intelligent thing an Urukai says at any point during the movies. So it's, like, the question is, like, how does he know what a menu is? Also, how does he know to talk to, like, the group as boys? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's so good. It's it goes right back to the like the the guy in the Harry Potter movie that's like swirling the spoon in his coffee with his finger like wand. Yeah, he's like magic. he's like reading a brief history of time upside down, swirling his his coffee without a wand. Yeah, but like how is this guy not only reading upside down but doing wandless magic? Because and really, it's can. just like a cool thing that they put in. They were like, "This will look cool." It's just, yeah, it's just a. Fu- it's just for funsies. You know? No, that when there's theories to be had, there's no funsies anymore. No, it's just yeah. for no funsies. No one can have funsies. It's I'm not fun- here for funsies. Funsies died with YouTube. No, I, d- I still do lots of things for funsies. No, sorry, funsies died when YouTube happened. When YouTube theories became a thing. What do you mean YouTube theories? So it's the person That's who wrote a, a 60 page paper on YouTube theory. A game theory. My brothers are YouTube theorists. <laughs> Yeah, they've probably talked about the guy oh, with the... Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, I know what you... Yeah. I understand what you mean now. I thought you meant about, like... Okay, see, I was thinking about it from the perspective of a, of a communication of a specialist. <laughs> of, like, yeah, the, the platform, YouTube, as a no, commu- not means of YouTube communication. No, I'm talking about YouTube theory. I'm talking about people who make on YouTube. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, no, I don't... That's where funsies died. I don't there's think, no, there's no I don't funsies think that anymore. much. I don't think that much. <laughs> Anyway, oh, to answer your shoot. question, no, I was never anxious during this movie at any point. There was no point where I thought, no, man, they I might lose. Anxious. China's going to blow these these aliens up. Okay, so Heptapod is a bad name. I'm with you there. What do you think of the Heptapod language font? I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. With the circles? It's too, it's too circular. It's, it's No, I don't even hate it because I hate the way it's like rendered. It just looks gross. It looks like and a like, dementor. Yeah, it looks like insidious. Like it's going to leak into my veins if I let it. Yeah, like when it first... When they, like, first did it, I thought they were, like, emitting some kind of a... Also, I waited... I'm so mad. I waited the entire movie because they made such a to-do about making sure that you could hear the bird chirping the entire time. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a canary in the coal mine situation. And at one point, we're going to all of us... Someone's going to be like, wait, why did the bird stop? And they're going to turn around and the bird's going to be dead and it's going to be... And then they're going to turn around again and then it's going to go... And then the aliens are going to be in their faces and then all hell is going to break... But no, that was just... Even when those guys tried to blow the ship up, nothing happened to the bird. Well, I guess the bird died, but... Probably, but like I was like, what? Why? 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 So that's my. I mean, so this this movie was obviously beautifully shot. Like some incredible cinematography here. Some very weird like editing choices. Okay. Tell me more. Elaborate. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. Which. 
That's what I'm talking about. Like, they, make a big, they make a big point out of the bird, but nothing ever comes of it. Oh, yeah. Did they explain They're, the bird? Did I look at my phone for a second and they explained it? I don't it? think no. so. They just have a bird there. I thought I it was I looked at my there. phone for zero seconds. I mean, he is the bird is oh, there to be the canary, right? He, like, he will, if the, energy, if, the, uh, if the oxygen runs out, he will die first and they can run. Oh. Like, that's what he's there for. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I just thought it was a, holy cow, this thunder. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. I thought it was like an implied canary in the coal mine situation. It was. And that's absolutely and, why the bird is there. And I think the bird nothing, is there to try to ramp up tension because the bird is just tweeting the see, whole time. See, that's why I was anxious. But that's what I'm saying. So like they make a big point. Like they cut back to the bird all the time. They're just like, oh, we're going to talk to the alien. We're going to look at Jeremy Renner. We're going to look at, uh, at Amy Adams. We're going to look at the bird. Then nothing ever becomes the bird. It's just like it's weird little editing things like that where like. There will be, so, there's so many cuts of like her talking to the child, just like in the middle of a sentence. And I get that like she's, she's got these invasive memories, but I don't feel like they did a good job of portraying that so much as it just felt disconnected. I also like wasn't impressed with Amy Adams. Same. <laughs> I know we, we watched this so Tyler could watch Amy Adams, yeah. but no, I okay, wasn't so impressed like, with her. Here's the thing is. Is this movie has always been hyped up to me as like, oh, you'll freaking love this. And I and so like last week we were watching Talladega Nights and I was like, man, what is Amy Adams doing in this like I guess I didn't know anything about Amy Adams, but I was like, what is Amy Adams doing in this like comedy movie? What I guess this is just like a silly thing for her to do. Uh, you know, like, oh, let's put the serious actor in the comedy thing. And so I was like, well, let's watch Arrival. That's her top film. Because, you know, I mean we got a spin off of something and this is something people have recommended, and I've got kind of a reason. So let's roll with this. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I was like, I'm not impressed. I'm not blown away by your like insane acting chops. I don't feel like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. It, it was like, I feel like mo a lot of people could have filled this role. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not super hot on Jeremy Renner either, just as like a actor. Jeremy Renner's too pretty to be college physics professor. Also, my brain was just immediately like, oh, Hawkeye. This is a Marvel movie. See, I okay. just don't care that much about Hawkeye, and I don't really care about his portrayal of Hawkeye. I've never really seen Jeremy Renner in a role hmm. where I was like, man, you really knocked this one out of the park, my dude. I feel like I have. Like, that Jason Bourne movie he was in, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. You're, up, I guess, a stand-in for Matt Damon, who was kind of a weird call for this anyway. Um, but yeah, Amy Adams is is just like, it. both of them are just kind of a person. Honestly, the person I like the most is Forrest Whitaker. He could not decide on a freaking accent. He oh, could. I thought you were gonna say on a on a opinion. Sure, he could. He sounds like every old person that lives in Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> Don't we all? He's got that old that old Guinea accent, that old Norfolk accent. I think he's supposed to be from Boston, but that's a hundred percent where he landed when he was like Monin. I was like, you sound like all of my clients that I used to have that were over the age of 60 that lived in, in the Norfolk area. Okay, so Jeremy Renner was good in Tag. Literally, what movies? Have I haven't seen Tag. I I tried to get everybody to cover Julie and Julia, which is my favorite Amy <laughs> Adams movie. But tried, I think you maybe brought it up once and I was like, oh, is that that Julia, the one about Julia? Yeah, child. because it's a good movie. It slaps. It's and hysterical. Like, yeah. It's and strong. It's funny. It's if, see, smart. See, if you had really pushed for it, I would have been like, yeah, let's do that. Sounds good. Yeah, but I can't change Tyler's mind on things. Tyler's once only he's got reasoning movie, was, I want to watch a movie no, with no, Amy you, Adams. Once you, decided, once you decided you wanted to cover this movie because Amy Adams, there's, there's no one talking you out of it. Oh, please. You absolutely could have convinced me to watch Julia and Julia. This, okay. 
I tried. And you didn't try them. Ethan, you I was like, hey, Tyler, wouldn't you rather watch a rom-com? And you were like, here's, mm, nah. here's what we should have done is, Ethan, you should have texted me separately and said, we're going to gang up on Tyler. And I want you to be the one to propose I'm not, it. Look, I'm not because sad I that we covered this. Because I guarantee if I had said, I want to do Julia and yes, if Julia you had and Julia, anything, then Tyler would have done it. So you should have just texted me and been like, I want to do this movie. Clearly so Tyler, you don't Tyler makes have much wild connections. <laughs> Always. Tyler's Tyler's whole specialty for this podcast is making wild connections between movies. And I will I will sometimes point out like a more obvious connection and Tyler's like, "Nah, but I think the first idea was better." And so just say that. Just say that then. I don't have a problem with Julia and Julia. Do you want to tell me, do you want me to tell you why I would have resisted Julia and Julia? Yeah, I really do. I've seen it. Okay. Congratulations. And so I, I my thinking recently with the podcast has been I want to cover films that I have not seen. And this was a rare movie that, well, I guess I was wrong. I thought neither of us had seen and it fit like all of our. I haven't seen it. I haven't oh, seen I thought it. you said you red boxed it. No, I didn't red box it. Oh, you didn't I specifically said I didn't red box it. That was Sorry. the whole point of that conversation. I'm sorry. I thought you said you did. No. Okay. This is my first I time watching. I thought you said it. you. Okay. So this. Okay. That that is why I wanted to cover this. Was that neither of us had seen it? Yeah. Also, but I'm just saying, if you're if you're talking about like, hey, we covered this because of Amy Adams. Like this is a wild call because she was all right in this. She was a person. We could have watched Enchanted. I haven't seen that either. Ugh. You haven't seen Enchanted? No. I oh have my not. gosh. Even yeah. I've seen Enchanted. No, thank Tyler. you. I went to go I see it for. Um, uh, it was one of my friend's birthday parties. Let's see, what year did Enchanted I know come out? It in? came out in 2006 or 7. 2007. I, I, I bet you it was like one of my friend's 13th birthdays then. So here's the thing about we Enchanted. We went to go see Enchanted. Amy at or the Giselle, I guess is her name, yeah. right? She doesn't get to be a Disney princess because they can't just hire Amy Adams to walk around the parks and she has like a physical person form. So therefore yeah, but she that doesn't, doesn't get to be a stop part of them the Disney from doing brand. they also have like other they also have, they have like Mary Poppins. That's not but they could have Giselle, but she wouldn't be a Disney princess. They have Mary Poppins walking around Disney World? No, I don't think so. No, yes, they do. I can send you the most wholesome video you've ever seen of a Mary Poppins in Dis either Disneyland or Disney World hugging a uh, child, a like, three-year-old girl who watched Mary Poppins on repeat while she was doing chemotherapy. And You're it's right. just a five-minute video of them hugging. And it's the most wholesome thing you've ever seen. Okay, here's the thing. So as someone who's like not a Disney person, I'm so confused about because I'll see people posting videos of like, oh, here's me with like Peter Pan or whatever. And I'm like, but when I was when I, the like one time I went to Disney World, these people weren't just walking around like what's going on. So like. And the characters are, from what I understand it, on rotation. And like some days they don't have, like they don't have everyone out, or like certain seasons they don't have certain people out. I don't know. It's confusing, and it's I don't so know. it it varies from character to character and park to park. Um, like Mary Poppins is available every day in World Showcase in the UK. You can go take a photo with Mary Poppins. You don't have to like stand in line. I mean, you probably have to stand in line, but it's not like meeting. Anna and Elsa where it's like a ride and you can fast pass meeting them. They just like show up and they're out there and if nobody's in line to take pictures, they'll just kind of interact with the crowd and if people are there to take pictures, then like they'll form a queue and they've got like a an assistant who like sets the line up and it's the same with like Mickey and Minnie and, and the, you know, Pluto and, and all of them 
And then like there's other characters like Chewbacca and Rey in Galaxy's Edge who do not queue up for photos. They literally just walk around the parks in costume and like they get to like walk through the gates and stuff into like the displays and like Rey will just like walk through the park and get and hop up and like work on an X-Wing. It's very, very cool to watch. And uh, Chewbacca will like run around and then like the stormtroopers will like uh, detain you as like a joke and they'll like mess with you. It's I mean, it's cool. It's I have fun. A, and, like different characters have different rules. I have a fun story about the time when I was five years old and I was traumatized at Disney World. Um we happened to go, this was like before Disney acquired Star Wars, but we happened to go when it was like Star Wars week. Well, and they have, they've had Star Tours And there forever. were, maybe it was that, I don't know. I was five. So. Yeah, there's right. been Star Wars stuff at Disney for a long there time. There were, so there were stormtroopers and Chewbacca and everything walking around. And mind you, I was terrified of like any of the characters let alone right. this giant furry creature or these like robot soldier people that I didn't understand. And so on two separate occasions, you think that you think the stormtroopers are robots? No, I know they're not, but when okay. I was five, okay. I didn't. <laughs> when I was five, I didn't know. So on two separate occasions this week, um, I remember at one point I was trying to take a nap in my stroller and uh, all of a sudden I realized that the the sun was in my face and I opened my eyes and who should be there but Chewbacca because we were walking through this Star Wars land and my mom thought it would be a fun joke and she pointed to Chewbacca and like pointed to my stroller and was like, oh, peek in on her. So that traumatized me. And then a couple days later, I was sitting in my stroller yet again and then a stormtrooper comes over and just pokes his face in in to my face. And um, this was also the same week where I had a lot of bad experiences this Disney trip. My family lied to me about the Haunted Mansion ride. They didn't. T- I was like, this, I don't know about this. This looks kind of scary. And they said, quote, it's a very nice house and did not I mean, tell me. Okay. It is a very nice house. They didn't tell me it was, they, they were like, no, it's not scary at all. And then I get in there and then there's ghosts and everything. And then we went to a character dinner and what what night did we happen to sign up for? Villain night. <laughs> so fun. And so I hid under it's like the table. Is out there like I hid under the table. Captain Hook is approaching. And I distinctly remember my parents ratted me out. They pointed under the table and were like, haha, she's hiding in fear. And I distinctly remember watching Captain Hook's hook lift up the tablecloth and peek his head under. So that is why I have a personal vendetta against Disney and its entire franchise. Just Can I, I just want to go on record for, for this real quick. What? Haunted Mansion is garbage. Uh, well, I, I mean, now uh, having now ridden it as an adult, it was very fun. And oh, I disagree. As an adult, no, it was very fun. You're also talking to someone whose favorite ho- holiday is Halloween, so you're never gonna. Yeah, I'm so glad me. the Halloween's gonna be canceled this year. I'm so glad. So, if aliens come to Earth, which one of us gets to talk to them? I vote me. Oh, I vote me. Well, I vote, my, I vote my immediate. I vote Mary Clay. So <laughs> I do not vote Mary Clay. I my vote anybody in the world other than Mary Clay. My immediate question would be ta- like or 
you know, statement is take me with you. Get me oh, you out wanna, of here. You, you want to leave. Okay. She wants Get the close encounters option, not this option. Get me the hell. I have to say, like, from a perspective of someone who, like, I, you know, I studied communication in college and whatnot. Um, and someone who I say I'm a writer, I don't know. I do that for my job, I guess. Like, from a, la- a linguist language perspective, this was kind of interesting to see them, like, piece together and point out, like, how you, um, how you oh, come yeah, to construct a sentence and understand I, a sentence. I studied linguistics, and so this was interesting for me. <sighs> that being said... I studied philosophy. I think this was my first grown-up movie that I've ever watched. <laughs> And by what? grown up, what does movie, that mean? I mean like a serious movie that's like it has no comedic moments. Ah, so it that's ha- why you were tense the it's whole time. It's not actiony. It's not like it's a drama. Like a true drama. Yeah, like it's not. It's not action. Yeah. It's not a comedy. It's not a horror movie. It's just a drama. I don't think in my entire life I've watched a drama, and I you will not. You should watch do Call it Me again. by Your Name. It will way overwhelm you. You said it was two and a Call half. Call Me by hours Your Name at least makes you laugh every now and then. Yeah, but you will be so overwhelmed. Interstellar makes you laugh every now and then. It also and makes it, you see, cry. The other thing is that, like, Interstellar, it's very, like, action-packed, and I like it when things are moving fast, you know? And this one was... Time moves different on this planet. I was, you know, f- like, five, ten minutes in, whatever. I was just bored. I was like, okay, and... Every, I, about what, once a week at this point, I will just listen to, like, random pieces of score from Interstellar. I wanted a better score for this movie. Truly, I think that's the thing there that is I hate no most score. about it. Yeah, there is. There's, like... That's what I'm saying. People gave Hans Zimmer crap for that with Inception. And then this guy gets to go do it ten times worse. Um, I literally have like no memories of what the music in this movie sounds like though. Yeah, it did not it did not add much for me. It was like early stage MCU where they were like Yeah. This movie was wanting a Hans Zimmer score, but didn't get one. Snow Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Mm Mm-mm. I'll tell you that. No, it's not. Like I said, it's wanting a Hans Zimmer score. Hey, have y'all done that yet? Pirates of the Caribbean? We did the first one. one. Let's do the second one. Let's do it right now. It's bad. We're pausing the recording. It's the worst one in the series. What do you mean? Are you kidding me? It's the worst in the first three. Dead Man's Chest? Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, I seen, easily I the seen best four or five. one. Are you kidding it's me? Not, it's absolutely not better than oh, At World's End. It's definitely not. Are the best you kidding one. me? At World's End is just nonsense it's for nonsense. It's absolutely sake. beautiful. It is a it's wonderful movie. It looks movie. cool, and that's how it tricks no, you it into thinking you thinking movie. it's good. It looks cool is part of what makes a movie good. Although it is made of motion. Did picture, you not, not watch picture. this movie? The looks three-way cool. sword fight in on the wheel, Dead Man's Chest. On the are you kidding me? It was so it's, good. It's completely. Disney Channel used to do like, a, oh, the Dead Man's Chest is coming out soon. Check out this awesome fight we did on a three-way on a wheel. And I remember even seeing that on like uh, the freaking Max Super Short show or whatever it was on Disney yeah, Channel. And I'd be like, Mike Super Short Mike Super show. Sh- oh my god, yeah. you unlock locked a memory yeah you're welcome haha <laughs> that is not take a memory that. i have in my brain take that disney channel followers i remember things anyway i would see that and i would be like oh this looks like garbage what i can't believe they ruined this movie yeah I, I i was very disappointed by pirates of the caribbean 2 dead men's chest i cannot two. believe that i said two and, yeah, the, and the twist but the but like at, it's just great because you're like Jack is de- like they killed well, this off is the not, main okay, character. So we're not what spoiling the, the movie. We're not covering. Pa- sure Look, we are. We can spoil. I'm the queen of we'll not cover being it allowed. We to talked spoil about covering things. it this week. We did talk about covering it this week. Wait, Dead Legitimately, we talked about covering Pirates of the Caribbean too. Dead Man's Chest. Why yes. did you tell me 
say that? <laughs> because he refused to suggest a movie. I literally was like, "Oh, Amy you're doing Adams a rival? Is Great! Not in Dead Sounds Man's good." Could have picked any. Could have picked American Hustle. Could have picked any Amy Adams movie that Spy was Kids any fun. Two, Island of Lost Dreams. Amy Adams is certainly not in that. Wait, Amy Adams is also in Blades of Glory, isn't she? I'm 99. No, Fisher. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is Jenna Fisher. I even remember thinking that watching Talladega Nights, I was like, "Oh, they got Jenna Fisher to do her part in uh, Blades of Glory." Because there's Mary a Hustle scene where Jenna film, Fisher wears like lingerie and it was like, oh, Pam from The Office is, whoa. And that was like a big moment for young Tyler. Man, I remember thinking that Blades of Glory, just being like Blades of Glory, it's never going to get funnier this, than this. Yeah, that, I remember that this, <laughs> this is peak comedy. This I is see, even when I saw to Blades of Glory, fair, it was it not as good funny. as Talladega Nights. Nah, I like I like Blades of Glory more than Talladega Nights. I liked Blades of Glory until I saw it in the $4 bin at a 7-Eleven, and then I was like, oh, crap, this movie must have sucked. Um, Blades of Glory was one of the two movies that my ex used to fall asleep to every night. Nice. I was going to so say- So I've seen it a lot. Blades of Glory and Talladega Nights were- My friends and I would have- We would have scary movie marathons in, like, middle school and high school, and we would always end the night by watching a palate cleanser, and nine times out of ten, it was either- What? You don't want to go to bed with the demon from Insidious in your head? Yeah, I don't- I don't watch Insidious. I just don't. I just don't do it. I was really scared a couple times that this was going to turn into a horror movie. I was too. That's it was, the other. It I think vibe. that's the other thing is I've seen a lot of alien-based horror right. movies, so I was expecting it to so go I've in seen, that direction. I've seen everything in the uh, the alien open parentheses s close parentheses oh, aliens was, franchise, just, and this this it. reminded me most of the movie Prometheus, uh, which is the like prequel to Alien. Uh, and it is like it is a space exploration gentle horror movie like it's not as much of a horror movie as alien was but it's also not like your regular space exploration movie that was i like literally throughout the whole movie i just kept thinking if i wanted to feel anxious about aliens i would have watched aliens this just made me want to watch interstellar we could have watched disney's muppets with amy adams and jason siegel fun fact that was what i went to go see on my first date I was so hoping that was how that sentence was going to end. <laughs> really? Who was Tell he? us more. And then six weeks later, I broke up with him. <laughs> but at least like you made it past the first date to like... How old were you? Uh, I think I was a junior in high school. And you went to the Muppet movie? Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> Hold on, you were a junior in high school? God, when I was a junior yeah. in high school, I was an I'm asshole I'm 99% sure we went to go see the Muppet movie. Yeah. Because I don't think... I can't remember. I might not have been 17 at the time, so maybe we couldn't go see a rated R movie. And maybe, like, at the time, there just wasn't a lot in the... There probably just wasn't, like, a lot of good options in the theaters at that point. So it was Tyler, probably... you remember Rescue Dawn? Yeah, it was awful. What I mean, it Res- might be awesome, but we hated it. What is Rescue Dawn? Looks this up. I don't know. My first date... Ethan, what was your first date movie? I do not remember. Oh, it's the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Uh, Rescue well, Dawn is a 90% Rotten Tomato score. Fun fact, 90% I'm sure it's excellent. Wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about let's talk about how Tyler's first date movie was Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, aka the best movie ever created. I was gonna say that movie kind of slaps. TBH. It's a great movie. Okay. It's got Blake Lively, America Ferrera. Rewind. Rory. It's got our homegirl, Rory. Yep. Alexis Bledel. And then the random girl. I don't know the name of the actress. Man, it was really weird for me when it's Alexis Bledel showed up in Mad Men and started fing Don Draper. That was a very weird thing for me for to happen to me. I uh, I haven't gotten that far. 
in Mad Men. <laughs> Spoiler alert. What happened to what was his girl his wife's name? Virginia something? Friday or something? <laughs> Her name was January Betty. Jones. January Jones. <laughs> January Jones. January Jones from Love Actually. Yes. That is who it was. Yeah, no, all of a sudden, like, Alexis Bodell shows up as, like, Rory Gilmore as, like, a grown-up and starts, like, having an affair with Don Draper. And I'm like, you stop this. Um, You're Rory Gilmore. Similar, like, reaction when she, when her character is introduced in Handmaid's Tale and you're like, oh, she's gay. I have gay. only watched. Oh, she's not gay. Just kidding. She doesn't show up at all. Just kidding. No. Oh, fun no. fact. Bradley Whitford is in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I've watched the first 30 seconds of the Handmaid's Tale show. It's a good show. It's very seconds. stressful. And something... I, I turned it I turned it on and I was like, this is entirely wrong based on the book I just read and turned it right back off. And something entirely horrific happens to, to uh, Alexis Bledel. <laughs> I think Alexis I know. I read the book, so Bledel's I think I know who you're talking about character. and what happens to her. I don't know who Alexis Bledel is. And I think it's because you guys watched Gilmore Girls and I did not. Gilmore Girls is so good. If you're out on the road, um, I'm so hype. I'm rewatching it and I got to the Jess episodes. Mm. Oh, we just got Who's to uh, girl? We just got through Kate and I just got through the Dean breakup. The part one or part two? Part two. Oh. Season so now three sh- episode. Sh- the the dance marathon. That's a good episode. Directed good episode. by Kenny Ortega. That's my fit. Yeah, Kitty fucking what? Ortega directed that episode. I, you know, I was Gilmore looking at it Girls. and I was like, why does this one look particularly cinematic yeah. compared to the rest of them? They've got like the dolly shots going around yeah. Taylor's head. I was like, what is happening with this? What? Yep, yep, yep. What what network was Gilmore Girls on? The CW. Um, so WB when it was on. I was gonna yeah. First it was the WB, and then in season six, uh, after season six, season seven, it changed to the CW. That's how they got uh, Jared Padalecki out of it with, to be on they, uh, Supernatural. Well, he left the show. He stopped being on the show in like season five. Ethan, what Kenny Ortega movie are you referencing as being particularly excellent? I'm not. I'm referencing oh, no, his. There's his an episode of episode Gilmore, Gilmore Girls, Girls that he directed. I think he directed maybe one or two more even i can't remember um kenny ortega man he directed a lot of stuff he did he did 12 episodes of gilmore Girl. yeah i thought he did more than one but yeah he did this very like iconic episode of gilmore girls where they have a 24-hour dance marathon and like all of the drama like goes down with kenny ortega directed the newsies d yeah he yeah he did newsies and High School Musical and Descendants yep. 3. That's what he's most I mean, he directs movies. For. Yeah. Look, if yep. you watch Gilmore Girls, you're not going to look at it and be like, wow, this is innovative filmmaking. What this is you? real cinematography. But like this random episode Netflix... was like good cinematography. Do you know when Netflix started putting out shows like Stranger Things and, and Early State? I mean, I guess all of the seasons of House of Cards. But that was like the first time off of AMC that there was like <gasps> crazy cinematography Beautiful and filmmaking, yeah. Oh, crap. I just realized my bike is outside and it's pouring rain. That sucks. <laughs> Sorry about your bike. It's fine. Hope it doesn't It'll be get fine. wet. It'll, it'll be very wet. It's fine. I meant oh. to move it inside before. That's that's my B. Okay, anyway, yeah. Kenny Ortega. Yeah, he's just a guy whose name I know because he makes movies, even if they're DCOMs. They're like the better DCOMs. So, okay. Yeah, Descendants 3. This, this, those Descendants movies, people straight up love those. But like, I've seen High School Musical. Like, it looks better than Johnny Tsunami. 
Well, that's because Johnny house. Tsunami was made in like the 1990s. Right. And High School Musical was 2006. They at least put some effort in High School Musical compared to like because, most of the okay, DCOMs. I, I don't know. I feel like I recall you guys saying that when you grew up, you were Nickelodeon boys. Not were, particularly. I was everything but Disney Channel, yeah. Yeah, you were not particularly. Di- when High School Musical was coming out, it was a huge deal because it was their fr- it was di- it was the first movie they were doing that was a musical and it was it was like the first time that they made a huge deal about this new decom premiering and they i remember there being all of these like countdown clocks that they had in the corner of the screen and they showed the movie like Every three hours yeah. for a week afterwards, it was like sp- a huge deal. They for spent Disney. four and a half million dollars. Yeah, on it. like it was it was a new thing that they were doing, and four and a half million dollars is a lot for a made-for-TV. And I will always be bitter about this. Imagine that me bitter about something that happened fourteen years ago. You bitter? Never. <laughs> um, I missed early days of Netflix TV shows, though. Truthfully, my sister walked in. While I was watching High School Musical, when it like the first night it premiered, and she made fun of me for it. She's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're watching that. You're so stupid. And then, like, the next day, she went to swim team practice, and everyone was talking about it, and she came home, and she watched it, and then she yelled at me for, like, not telling her about it or something. And I was like, I'm never going to forget this until the day you die. And then here I am, recounting it on a podcast. Here you are, recounting it. (laughs) You with familial issues? Never. Never. Uh, One time... At band camp. I told my brother about the Pixar theory. Yeah, we've heard, Tyler. I don't have a brother. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I like things like Julia and Julia Mm -hmm. and Gilmore Girls, is because I used to just watch TV with my mom. (laughs) Julia and Julia and Gilmore Girls are both great things. Emily and I were supposed to be watching Gossip Girl together when we're talking as long as we're talking about excellent CW shows. God, XOXO. I tried to watch Gossip Girl, I could not get into it. I could probably get into it now. I think there's a, I think, I mean, I'm not going to pretend there wasn't like a certain amount of pride I had to swallow at some point in my life to get into Gossip Girl. Uh, but now I just don't care. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, later me, seasons me whenever show, it came out, was like, it was like, I was too good for that. I mean, I was also too good for that. And I was like the target demographic. But now, so. now as a 27 year old, I could probably watch Gossip Girl and be like, yeah, okay, I get this. No, nah, I don't know. Cause like the only reason I rewatch Gilmore Girls is for the like nostalgia. And I know like, have y'all, have, like, have y'all seen people sharing on like Twitter and whatnot recently that the reason people will choose to rewatch a TV show instead of starting a new show or starting or watching a new movie is because when you know what's going to, it's more anxiety inducing, even if it's a comedy or whatever, it's more anxiety inducing to watch a show or a movie that you don't know about. So right now, especially people are rewatching and rewatching things that they've already seen. Cause I know it's going to happen. Uh, that is the most cupcake thing I've ever heard. What just do you watch mean? new stuff. You need more anxiety inducing. Just watch something new. It's a TV show. No, that's a lot. To be fair, to be fair, Kate and I have run into this a couple times watching Gilmore Girls, where I could watch like nine episodes back to back without really See? worrying about it. Because I've seen them all. Yeah. And she's like, I'm learning all this information for the first time, and there's a lot going on right now. They have said a lot of things, and it's been five minutes. 
They do so say a lot of things. I can only watch show. so many episodes of this in time because like it gets to be a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I get that. Yeah. Um, but no, I say this as a person who today started a rewatch of New Girl for probably the fifth time. So I've tried a couple times to watch New Girl. I cannot get into How that many show to like a binge show are there? I'm out. Um I think five, six. I know more than a few times in my life I've watched that show beginning to end. It's, and then somebody will be like, oh, do you remember this thing from New Girl? And I'll be like, I don't it's remember. It's like really unfortunate because right Nick's when name. they were hitting their stride and they were like really like, oh, this is a great show. We've got it down now. Um, Zoe Deschanel got pregnant. And so she had to, she was gone for like half, I think it's season four, maybe. She's gone for like half of season four. Can a new girl without Jess? And like, yeah, it's like, how do you do new girl without the girl that is the new girl? Right. That's the theme song. I think they, like, I think they managed it okay. Um, and they like did an okay job with it and like relied more on the side characters and it was fine. But, um... But, like, it was just kind of unfortunate to, like, see a show that was, like, really picking up good momentum. And then it felt like it was coming to a screeching halt. Um, And then I think the season after that, they they thought was going to be their last season. So it kind of has last season vibes. And then they got renewed for, like, a 10-episode, like, finale season. And that's that's the story on New Girl. Well, it's, like... There's so many, there's so few shows that get to end the way they started, you know, like that, that actually get to have a satisfying conclusion with the whole cast. Yeah. Like that's what's kind of, that's why people like Parks and Rec so much is because like. Everybody loves Brandanowitz. Yeah, but I mean like, so, so Mark <laughs> left, but like, it's not like a big deal. I don't know. It's not know. like Leslie leaving. I don't know. I wouldn't say, I think the prime, no, cause like Anne and Chris leave and that's pretty, ma- that was pretty major. And it right, definitely doesn't feel the same when they leave. So I disagree. None of honestly, friends. honestly, I'll I will like until probably until the day I die, say that the best TV show that has ever been constructed is The Good Place because it ends like the way that they write the story and they they wrote a, an entire like overarching story that they set out to tell and they could have like renewed endlessly because it was you know so highly rated and they could have just took the money and kept renewing it and stretching out this story unnecessarily but like they told the story that they wanted to tell and they finished it in like a really satisfying way and, i haven't like, gotten to finish it. it yet because those episodes aren't available anywhere um Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I'm sure, are they not on Netflix? I feel like they have to be on Netflix by now. No, oh. no, that takes, that usually takes almost a year. It's been, it's good been place, over a year no since one has the it. good place It just ended, ended in like February. <laughs> because, what? So when I finished, I finished the, how many seasons are there? Four? Three? There's four. Four? Yeah, so I finished <gasps> season three and I went to go watch it on NBC. And we got through the first episode and then they took all of them off because that was like the end of the period where they stayed on NBC. So it was like it was like January, February. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's been one year since February. I mean, it hasn't because I haven't gotten to watch the end of The Good Place yet. No, that's what. What what do you mean February was this year? Yeah. I mean, it blows my mind. We just recorded a thing about Tolkien about being only out for one year. And that feels. Oh, that's what's weird, man. But anyway, like so few shows get to and, and Gilmore Girls is like this, like obviously uh, Lorelai and Rory both stay around the whole time, like and you get seven seasons of them. Does it have the greatest well, ending? No, not necessarily. But 
Like for the most part, people don't leave except for Jared Pedlecki and my little Claire. Um, you know that you know the whole thing about, or I guess I should say, do you know the whole thing about season seven of Gilmore Girls? I mean, yeah, and how it's like the um, shoot, what are their names? Oh my God! What are their names? It starts with a P. Amy. The Paladinos. Paladino. That's it. Yeah, the Paladinos yeah. left. So like season seven and the way that the show ended didn't end how the original show creators intended it to end. No, but but that's TV versus movies yeah. though. That's one of the great things about TV, is it's it is shaped by the audience in a way that movies are not. It is you know. Different episodes have different directors and different directors have different ideas about the characters. And it's it's much more like this collaborative move forward as opposed to this like vision beginning to end with a director and like a you know screenwriter. And that's why the things like The Mandalorian are so interesting to me because like Jon Favreau was like, we're going to do this Baby Yoda thing and we're going to push it for eight episodes. And if it sucks, it sucks. And it didn't suck, but it also wasn't like, I think, as good as it could have been had there been more audience feedback and i think down the line that show will improve right so anyway the point i've been trying to make twice now um this is why i, I care so little about so many tv shows because like i have no interest in watching a tv show that i know ends badly or goes off the rails or has bad seasons so like there are so many there's so few shows that i actually want to yeah, watch I get that. because like take firefly for example the show that everybody's like oh man season one of firefly is the most amazing thing ever but it never got a second season like i'm never gonna watch season one then i'm just not gonna do it I don't Zero know. percent chance. Uh, but like, I'll do the I'll so like take Gilmore Girls for example. Season seven is deplorable. I will still. It's watch not though. It. It's not deplorable. You are wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> it's it's not good. People hate like, season seven of Parks and Rec. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, and I'm the biggest like Parks and Rec stan you'll ever hear. And I don't like when I do my rewatch of Parks and Rec, and when I do a rewatch of Gilmore Girls, I don't watch see. I don't watch. Oh, those I adore last season seven seasons. of Parks and Rec. I adore season seven of Parks and Rec. I love watching the the like sarcastic way they view what 2017 was supposed to look oh my like. God, it cracks me up so much. Oh my god. Um, oh that. In the episode of New Girl that I was watching today, there's a character who had been away for three years. And so he was trying to catch up on like all the pop culture and everything that he had missed in those three years. And this was like back in, I think, like 2008. So he was. New Girl is that old? Yeah. It started in like 2008. Yeah, I think. Um, I'll have to like double check that. But um so he's like do, making all these pop culture references from like the years 2005 to 2008. And he's like, yeah, next up on my list is um, uh, Precious and something called David after Dentist. And then another time <laughs> you hear him, you hear his headphones and you can hear, oh, double rainbow. And you're like, what is he watching? And it's just like a fun trip down memory lane of yeah. like so for example like you saying that like oh there's six uh, there's oh, half a season where Zoe Deschanel's gone makes me never want to watch G New Girl. I was, I was very wrong New Girl started in 2011 <laughs> I was about to say there's no freaking way it's that old uh, it it is old enough that you see the characters make the transition from having like flip phones and whatnot to having iPhones. At the beginning of Gilmore Girls, Rory has a pager. Yeah, and yeah, no he, cell phone. And there's an entire episode like, about her having a sidekick. 
Right. She has to, like, borrow somebody's phone every time somebody pages her. And I'm like, this is so wild that, like, can you imagine making a show about a teenager in the early 2000s when everything was changing every four seconds? Well, also, it's funny because the Paladinos, like, they they love to make fun of of like technology and like they're the kind of people who are like we're gonna be ironic and like we think iPods are um are mainstream and it's so much better when you listen to things on vinyl and see and have CDs and stuff like that and they they like make fun of social media and stuff in some of their other works that are like later on so like even if it had been in an age of iPhones it like, would have been like such a background thing because they days, don't know how to deal with it. Right. These days, even though things change all the time and like obviously this year has been crazy, like you can stick your character with an iPhone at this point and it'll hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Like that scene of uh, Hazel and Gus in The Fault in Our Stars like texting back and forth when you see the iPhone bubbles on screen. Like it looks different than it does now a little bit, but like you're still, you're not like, oh man, what is that? What is that brick? Yeah. And I feel like uh, anytime I see in movies or TV shows, I'm currently seeing this in Arrow because I'm on season one right now and they have the old look to the iPhone where like you remember when like the bubbles were like it looked like glass and they had yeah. this kind of gleam to them in the text messages? Oh man, I can't believe we ever thought that was cutting edge. But I also like remember a time in my life where I was like, they could never make anything more futuristic <gasps> looking than I that. I mean, that's the thing is like design is something that has changed so oh frequently over our lifetime. That like it is just it's crazy to look at like the things that we thought were cool. Like you look at the uh you look at the brand, the org charts for like Pepsi, the Pepsi logo or whatever. And you see all the Pepsi logos that you remember, and then all the ones that came before that, and you're like, wow, these are every single one of these is tacky. None of these were ever retro, even. Like the current one that you look at now and you're like, wow, that looks retro. It was never like that. Yes. I like, know retro is completely contrived. Right. It is its own. <laughs> yeah. We have like this neo 80sism. Yeah, that was never the 80s. Right. Because it's not like, people aren't interested in what the 80s actually was. It's even funny how like trends in decade history like show up. Like if you read Ready Player One, it almost feels more dated as to like what was interesting in the 80s to a kid in the early 20 teens is not the same as what's interesting in the 80s to a kid in the 2020s yeah like ready player one is aged not that great over the last 10 years even though it's about the 80s and like i was reading it and and i texted tyler and said this uh the the guy that has all the fortune in that james halliday has 250 billion dollars to his name and jeff bezos is going to pass that in several weeks And that was like unattainable wealth in 2010 is now Jeff Jeff Bezos. You can't see it. And there's no way that you could edit this for for an audio experience. But I'd like everyone to imagine a camera zooming in on my face as the Curb Your Enthusiasm music plays. I mean, I could just play the Curb Your Enthusiasm music. (laughs) I know, but you can't zoom in on my face. (laughs) I have about 20 moments of that every day. You guys watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. No. I've heard it's excellent. It is excellent. It's another thing my mom used to watch. I have not seen like all of it, but I've seen episodes. It's Larry David. I'm sure he was also funny. big involved in the the Bluth family, right? Uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. That's a show that yes for years. I know it's a show. So I don't I don't advocate the Mary Clay Watts school of thought of like just ignore the things you don't like <laughs> out of it. You can't pretend the last the last Airbender movie doesn't exist. 
I like to pretend that the Netflix season of Arrested Development doesn't exist. <laughs> I kind of agree with you. No, but Arrested they, Development... They had one joke. One joke the whole season. I don't even remember it, honestly. Like, they talk, it was all they did not, was talk about Quattro de Cinco. Which I want to... I, like, we need to celebrate Quattro de Cinco because us as a white people need to stop celebrating Cinco de Mayo because Cinco de Mayo isn't actually... Five? Yeah, that's the joke. So, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Well, first of all, Arrested Development is a show that multiple people for many years recommended to me and were like, Mary Clay, you would like this show. And I was like, Yeah, I, I can tell you straight like, up. I, I was like, I don't know. I don't think, nah, I don't want to watch it. Nah. You and then one are day. Lucille Bluth. <laughs> Shut the f- I will come over there. You are some weird you. hybrid of Lucille Bluth and Emily Kilmore. <laughs> Emily? Yes. Pretend for 30 seconds like you have time for the youth. Wait, she does have time for the youth. She has what? a TikTok account. You can. Okay. You're such a freaking Ravenclaw, man. Who, me? I don't know. I'm just dropping words oh. now. I don't know <laughs> what any just, of this means. You're just throwing hands. You're such a Scorpio. You're just such a. I know nothing Enneagram about what are your new signs? signs except for mine. What so. are your new signs? That's not new. Huh? That was new. Like, they did that same freaking thing when we were in college Maybe. with the new signs. Yeah, they where just they redid add, them. What? what they add the nurse or whatever at my birthday. Yeah. So what are your new signs? I'm still I'm, a Pisces. Congratulations to me. They're well, new, I'm new signs. Octothorpe or whatever they're called. You're an Os- Oscorp? Os- Octothorpe. I, <laughs> I think, think it's oh, Octothorpe. I don't know what that word means. Is it super inappropriate? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sounds gross. It sounds. Octothorpe. Uh, another term for the pound sign. Okay. Oh, wow. Good job, me. Your You're brain didn't know that. You didn't know that. You just made up a word. And it just happened to be a word for something. Uh, Octothorpe blessed. Octothorpe can't hurt me. Octothorpe. Octothorpe can't hurt me. <laughs> I hate you. It sounds like the company in Wally. This is our. That's by and large. By and large, yeah. It is by and large. I feel like I'm in Wall. Every time I go to Lidl, they have this announcement that they play every now and then about like. Please keep your distance. Be mindful of other customers and remain six feet apart. Remember they do this in every bu- store. And I mean, not uh, I don't know that they, they're not doing that in Kroger. I don't think. But recently, like, recently I was in a Kroger and wait, I want to listen to the rest of the Lidl story. Okay, thank you. Cool. And but the reason it she's feels the only one that gets to interrupt anybody. I got it. Oh my god. Look, I'm a woman. I get interrupted every day of my life. If I can come and interrupt you guys for one hour, Treat I'm doing my others job. others as you want to be treated. <laughs> you can interrupt me if you want. I get um, interrupted all the time. No, but it just fe- it feels more like Wally because Lidl isn't always as crowded, so it's more empty. So it just feels like I'm Wally pushing like my cart through the aisles, hearing the uh like post world uh apocalypse announcements like do you wonder if the announcements would keep if those announcements would keep playing if we all died of coronavirus tomorrow like who would be there to stop them oh my god is this really the kind of thoughts that go through your head someone has written a book about this almost certainly do you not what do you not remember like three nights ago and i was like oh yeah i was up at 3 a.m last night and ethan was like why and i was like because that's why like mary clay thinks about everything mary clay thinks about everything from the perspective of somebody who's anxious about the world and I think about everything from the perspective of somebody who's eventually going to write a dystopian novel. I don't think I I'm think anxious about the world. 
I try to frame my uh, my thinking. I try to listen to my thoughts, right? I try to figure out like, okay, would a sane person think this? <laughs> or am That's am my, I, the way to think about my it. My response is always no. No. Am I am I hyper depressed right now? No. Okay. I'm good. Or yes. Okay. Let's dial it down. So then every now and then, like the power will flicker in my apartment or whatever. And I'll be like, man, what happens if the lights go off and they never come back on? And then I'll write like 5,000 words and then delete it. I, when the power goes out, I'm always like, man, my phone's going to, oh, nope, it's a battery. And that's the end of it. But you have to charge your... I have three cars. I could charge my phone. The things that I think about when the power goes out is, honestly, I don't know. I, where's the flashlight? And then immediately it's on follow, your phone. And then Everything Im- is on your supercomputer. You're set. And then immediately followed by, where is my, like, kit? Where is my, where's my pile of stuff that I've set aside for a doomsday scenario? Do I have eyes on it? Yes, oh. I do. Okay, we're good. Anyway, got, so, okay, I dogs check, baby check, truck I, check. I panic all the time thinking about what would happen if I was in like a Hurricane Katrina situation where my neighborhood flooded and what would happen with my dog. That's the only thing. I'm like, I don't care about what happens with me. I don't care about what happens to my car. I'm like, what would I do with my dog? Do I have dog food? Have a dog. Do yeah, I? You don't have a dog. <laughs> you don't do have, have dogs. <laughs> Do I have dog food for the dog? Do I have their medicine? You don't have a dog. Do I have their leash? You don't don't have have a dog. dog. (laughs) Can they swim? You don't have a dog. (laughs) Um, I I thought I was having a stroke. I was like, wait wait a minute. She doesn't have a dog. (laughs) You guys should listen to the World War Z audiobook. It'll make your coronavirus. That's the other thing, man. It'll make your coronavirus lockdown way more interesting because every time, every time somebody says something in the news, Max Brooks thought of it 15 years ago. I promise you every single time. Oh, no, I was thinking of, um, what's the one with, um, the thing, War of the Worlds. That's what I was thinking about. No, that's much more on topic for this episode. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the- Like, down um, to the oxygen will kill you kind of thing. Except War of the Worlds came here, uh, the aliens came here specifically with, like, aggressive intentions in mind. Yeah, they came to kill us. Yeah, because that was, that was a pre, uh, government stepping into the sci-fi movies era. It also just hit me hard with, like, the government being incompetent. You know, it just be it just be hitting different these days. Yeah, I love when people write like uh, end of the world global catastrophe books and they describe the U.S. government as being somehow put together. No, it's not going to happen. We could have been at a barbecue. It's not going to happen. Bill Bill Pullman in Independence Day being my favorite example of like fighter pilot president who goes and takes on the aliens mano a mano in his jet. (laughs) I'm just going to. Can you imagine? They wouldn't let him in a jet, would they? Tell me truthfully, if Donald Trump was like, I would like the keys to the fighter pilot, I, would they be like... I would give them to jet? him because I don't <laughs> think he would be able to fly it and I think he would crash. Deadass, the only president in our American history who... Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. But I would give Barack Obama the, the keys. Do you just turn a key in a fighter jet? No. Is it just that easy? No, I don't think they have keys. No. You think you just... So yeah, if it's I a push the, to start. Yeah, you hold the brake and then you push to start. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you put, put your foot on the brake, you press the button, and then you hit, you put it in drive, and then you just... And then it um, automatically starts playing the first song on your phone. Truthfully, though, that would be the ideal situation. It starts playing Abandoned Ship or All Hope by, uh, Rise, uh, I mean, uh, Punk by Vampire Weekend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Abandoned Ship or um, All Hope is mine. Okay, look, I'm just I'm just going to put this out into the universe. I think we're good on, on global catastrophe movies, books... I- TV I think they're going to sell really well. I'm good right now. I, no, no. I think they're going to sell really well in, in, in five years. No, I do not want to be real. If because I, everybody, everybody who's going to write a good COVID no. fiction book isn't doing it right now. They're going, nah, let's, let's wait out of respect. No. The people that are writing bad ones are doing it right now. If we make it out of this and if. and yeah, I put if I put it, look, we all die. You either you either kill yourself or get killed. What you going to do? That's not what, what Batman you gonna said. What you going to do? What? It's a vine. You, or no, it's not that Batman is Harvey Dent. Y'all don't do Harvey vines. Dent. Can um, we trust him? No, but like five years from now, if things are better, and I say that hesitantly. I'm not gonna be like, oh, five, five, I have five fr- years from now. I have there free cannot time. be the same president. Uh, well, I guess they could. He could lose and then get reelected. He can't lose. Okay, never mind. Oh, you mean no? Five years from now, yeah, he could still be the well, because he won't still no in 2025. He'll be yeah, finishing okay. up his term yeah. in January or starting his no, next in term. 2024. It'll be over because five years from now is 20. Okay. Anyway, my point being is that if I have free time. Five years from now, and I want to go to the movies, I'm not going to spend it watching a fictional movie about something that I lived through. I'm, I'm, no. But I'm you do gonna it all the time. Go, I'm going to go watch Frozen watch, 20, and I'm going to complain be, about it. But it's not going to be, that's what I'm saying, is all the good fiction about it is not going to be. There's going to be no good fiction about it. Yes, there is. That's no, what I'm saying. Isn't. There is going to be plenty of good fiction. That's like saying there's no good fiction about about the Spanish flu World or the War Vietnam II. War or World War II or anything like that. It's like, it, it, you're reading a piece of fiction about the First World War. It doesn't look like the First World War. It looks like elves and But we didn't... Oh. <laughs> I understood that reference. Um, it's technically not about the war. Do you but want it me to is, tell you that? though. But it is, though. That's no, what I'm talking about, though. Is the, okay, people, no. the people that write... The people that Wicked write... Wicked Witch of the East, bro. <laughs> the people that write... Am I wrong? That, that write... <laughs> the novel 19 okay. or whatever. Look, that's going to be garbage. Okay. I'm talking about the person that skins it as something else and talks about mm. this like new world state that we live in in a way that you don't even recognize as being about COVID. No, until you're I, too, it's too late. No, I hear what you're saying about us. Like, oh, we consume media all the time about other wars and horrible atrocities and pandemics or, or whatever. But we didn't. Us three, we did not live through World War One or two or Vietnam War, and we are distanced enough. We are distanced enough from those events that, especially like we are distanced enough as a society that we can collectively consume those kinds of things. Are you really trying to tell me that there is no no fiction made in two thousand six about nine eleven? None. I didn't say there wasn't. I My point is that I don't think there's going to be any good fiction about COVID-19 five years from now. I, di- I firmly disagree. I think five years is the exact point in which we'll start to get good fiction about it. Mm. I'll see you all in five years. Both of I, you I, to assume I guarantee you I make out there it right to now, 2025. There's, there, somebody has already written a book and published a book 
about the lockdown, about like a a, a fiction novel about. But COVID like, lockdown. I don't want to read it. That's my point. It's, I'm I don't want to read do. any of that. I don't want to consume anything about coronavirus or the and pandemic I'm, I'm or saying, lockdown. I'm saying in five years, it will be so unrecognizable that you won't realize that you're consuming it. I highly doubt that. We look, I have already proved countless times just in this hour and a half period that I am capable of holding a grudge for multiple years. I'm saying it'll look so different in this book or movie or what have you that you won't even recognize. Oh, you'll be sitting there an hour and 45 minutes into this movie being like, this is about COVID, wasn't it? Dang, they got me. Remember that time? Remember that year? No, no, they're not gonna, no. They'll get you. They'll get you. I promise you they'll get you. Okay, well, what, like name a movie, that's not Lord of the Rings, that is actually about some world event but it's hidden but it's not it's not like oh this is a world war ii movie this is this is what fiction is for this is fiction people don't just come up with stuff out of nowhere i mean what i mean not now because everything is a sequel right now or an adaptation of something else and and, and, what what fear and violence and, and issues and xenophobia do you think inspired this movie okay but that's not about a world event that's what i'm saying is i cannot remember a single world event that like was secretly hidden and it was like oh this movie was secretly about the Vietnam War. I actually don't have enough knowledge about the Vietnam War to understand if a movie was or wasn't secretly about the Vietnam War. But like like name a movie that was secretly about a world event, but it wasn't actually about it. Any alien encounter movie. And what is the world event? Immigration. If you say 9/11. That's not yeah, a 9/11. World event. Yes it is though. That's an that's like an ongoing no, issue. She's she's talking about like a like an allegory for an event that actually real but happened. Okay, I don't uh, have examples off the dome. That's not how anything works, and that's not fair. But that that's you, what you I'm don't saying. have examples you of how saying, it doesn't happen. You're just sitting here going, "I don't believe it happens." That's no, bullshit. You, you know you're it. saying that like there's going to be movies in the future that were secretly about COVID nineteen, no, and I'm not going to realize that until the end of it. I'm saying that you're going to read some book about how scary it is to be trapped inside your own house and you're not going to connect it to COVID-19 until it's too late. That's different because that's a more universal experience than just about this current situation in the pandemic. Like they've already done that. It's called Room and it stars the only actress we ever need to watch in our entire lives. Stan. <laughs> Listen, this is what it's like to be show. a... It's I'm just saying, if you're trying to if you're trying to ignore the influence that outside events have on fiction, that is absolutely absurd. I'm not ignoring that. I'm just saying that I don't think that there's going to be any good fiction five years from now about the pandemic because I don't I, I think, think we are going to be removed I, enough as a society to, for people to be able to go watch it and enjoy it and get something out of it. I legitimately so, think you're wrong. I think five years is exactly when it's going to start happening. All right, we will come back to this five years from now. I will Hopefully, see we you still and have movies, and it's not will, just the purge forty. I will most definitely be out of Tolkien content by then. There will be there will be 500 horror movies made about COVID-19 within the next 12 months. And I don't want to watch any of those. 500. I'm just saying. So my question for you two is, is Arrival better than Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby? Yes. Is it better than The Holiday? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, wait, you put The Holiday above Talladega Nights? Yeah. The Holiday is really good. You should watch it again. Oh my god. Okay, it's fine. Something just fell off. Part two. Yeah. This is better than Mocking J Part Two. And part one. I would assume uh Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. About time. Definitely. Too highly rated. Mm, Disagree. Too low. It's below Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is Uh, so good. You're wrong. mm, You're incorrect. 
Jumanji, the next level. It's definitely better than Jumanji, the next level. I think that might be too highly rated. It definitely uh, is. Uh, Mary Poppins. Nah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Sometimes I want to put in a movie at like a ridiculous ranking just to see if anybody actually gives us backlash for it because nobody has ever been in my DMs like, hey, man. I what? will be in your DMs in 0.2 seconds about how you have she's the man at the bottom. Yeah, it's <laughs> trash. This is above Hocus Pocus. It's above Hocus Pocus. Again, how those two are at the bottom and Jumanji because Hocus into Pocus the is jungle garbage. Jumanji into the jungle is like ten places higher <laughs> than the she's jungle. the man. Welcome to no, the No, you will not change my mind that it's not called in that it's not called into the jungle. It's not. It's what called Welcome call to the it? Jungle. It's like the, like the, the uh, Guns no, N' Roses I know, song. I know it's like the song. I understand. I I get that reference. Look. That yes, puts... we know you hate that movie even though you refuse to watch it. Whatever. We were right about Booksmart, and I just want to say that. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what we should have covered? <laughs> Next time we ask you on the show, you should suggest a movie. Look, I watched so few movies that when you guys are like, oh, what movie would you like to cover? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I've watched any, like, in my life. Like, uh, like, my, like in my life. Like, my mind goes blank, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe. I mean, that's every time Tyler's like, hey, what should we cover this week? And I'm like, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. movies exist. I'm like, maybe I've seen Finding Nemo, but I can't be sure. We have not covered Finding Nemo. I would have been so jazzed if and you said Finding Nemo. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. What was this I gonna look lotion up? I'm rubbing on my hands actually says foot cream on the bottle. Do you think it matters? <laughs> as long I as think it's your hands face, are going to fall off. Your hands are going to fall I, off for oh sure. Oh no! <laughs> I wouldn't use I wouldn't use foot lotion on your face. On your face, yeah. But I think because it's probably oilier. You might break out. Yeah. Might get some acne. Oh, okay. But like you're probably safe to use hand, face lotion anywhere. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never really had issues with acne. That's not to say I've never had a zit. I certainly have. You will if you rub foot cream all over your face. I think I that's something they like do to Regina George. Regina George still at the end of the movie is what is the actress's name? Oh my god, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. God, so I, I don't think up? at any point she's ever not pretty. She does get hit by a bus though. Yeah. What was I looking up? We were talking about know. Finding foot Nemo cream. and movies and Booksmart and Jumanji into the jungle and. <sighs> I don't know. This is going to keep me up at night tonight. Anyway, okay. this has been Bacon and Eggs. Our graphics are by Vishon Brandon from uh, graphite.vmb on Instagram. And our music is by Andrew Scott Bell at andrewscottbellmusic.com. Mary Glady, Tyler, Carlin. where can we find you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can find me living in my own personal hell every day in the year 2020. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's not completely a lie, though. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram MCTurnDownForWhat. And you can listen to my podcast. That's what I'm talking about. And um, yeah. I've been, man, I've been terrible about plugging my own crap on other people's shows. I've been on three other shows and I'm like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Google can it. I, uh, my, my guidance is because I'm also really bad at this. So the best practice I've learned is forget about your Instagram, forget about your Twitter, just promote your podcast. Because that's all Well, I, really I don't need to promote to. my podcast on this show, I don't think. You might. Who knows? Maybe this is somebody's know. first episode. They're like, yo, arrival. Okay, but the thing that's giving me <laughs> the dopamine blast from the past. The thing that's giving me the dopamine right oh, now. We could have covered blast in the past. Are are likes on Instagram and and Twitter. So so <laughs> 
That's what I'm promoting right now. Well, I like replies on Twitter. I I'm getting nothing from likes. It's replies and retweets. No, I me. don't. Uh, no, I don't want to talk to people. Okay. Anyway, well, you can find us at Bacon and Eggs Pod on any social media or uh, anywhere podcasts are sold. Bacon and Eggs Movie Lovers Podcast. You can find Mary Clay anywhere podcasts are sold at That's What I'm Talking About. There Tolkien we go, spelled yeah. like the author. Anyway, uh, this has been at Bacon and Eggs. I've been Ethan Angel. He's been Tyler Carlin. She's been Mary Clay Watt. And until next time, Arrivederci. Arrival. Boo.